Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Insider. Today we are live with Seth, our favorite guest. What's going on, Seth? I'm good. How are you doing today? Thank you, Brett. Great to see you again. Okay. So we're going to talk about the first item on the list, which is Apple releases updates to fix three zero-day uh, vulnerabilities. Seth? Do you want to comment on it? Um, you know, the, the, the zero days that they have, um, I think they've been around for a couple of weeks. But uh, I, I would say that Apple is pretty responsive. They're more responsive than Microsoft on any of the, the uh, vulnerabilities when they find out. Uh, so, but this also goes to show when people say, Oh, Apple is more secure than Android, or Apple's more secure than Windows. They're all pretty much the same. It's it's about the 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 actual base being that Microsoft has a larger base, and so does Android. Well, actually, if I'm mistaken, Apple probably has a larger base in the device market. But either way, those the whoever's the big boy is the one that's going to get harder, and. So, but they're really more responsive than most. Uh, so I give them credit for that. Okay, so I, I agree to some of your points that they are definitely uh, trying to do better. Although they didn't do better in the past because they didn't, you know, mention any kind of vulnerabilities. So people thought, oh, because we didn't hear anything about any disclosures from Apple. So probably Apple is more secure than other systems. Uh, but the known fact is that Apple, I don't know, since the which release, they switched from their own proprietary operating system and uh -huh. they moved to the, to the Linux-based yeah. based system. So if you have a Linux-based issues, they're probably going to inherit to a Mac. But although they compile their own kernel, so, you know, it's kind of a... So this is interesting. So just to uh, get to context, so Apple released updates to Mac OS 11.4, 10.15, 10.14, iPad OS 14.6, Watch OS 7.5, and TV OS 14.6, and this is three zero-day vulnerabilities, hacker exploited in the wild. So they're talking here about actually exploiting weaknesses uh, to bypass privacy protections and the other two um, were touching the web kit of Apple TV and Apple TV HD. Okay, so this is kind of the, and this is actually the second time, second in the month that they are issuing uh, a, a not notification about uh, uh, vulnerabilities and the patches that become available. So with that, I think we talked about it. Uh, yeah, and, and, and one of those is for the Apple TV, which can get a little hairy if you do. But here's the point. Here's the one thing that, you know, these things come out. Pretty much only you, uh, like uh, people in our industry know about this stuff in general. The hackers. <coughs> and that's it. Because most people aren't going to do anything, no matter what they get. So... <laughs> Right, but but since you know both of us, we are trying to bring everything that we see, 
not everything, but at least things that uh, may we think that people may find it interesting and relevant to them. We are trying to bring it in our podcast uh, by the Cybersecurity Insider. And this is exactly the insider information that not every people know about it. And we try to bring it um, right. out there and, and, and talk about it and actually try to have a, some sort of discussion and get, get, get more uh, about it. So with that, we're going to move to some good news. Uh, City of Tulsa prevents data theft from ransomware attack. Woo! We need well, to applaud to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is one, yeah, one of how many that were not prevented. I mean, at least we need to give them some credit about good, great job that they did. So here's the backstory. The city of Tulsa, Oklahoma, says it will not pay a ransom demanded by ransomware operator behind an attack on the city's network. The city detected suspicious activity on its network and shut it down before the attackers could access information. Residents have been unable to pay the water bills either online or in person. Interesting why they couldn't go in person and pay. It's like, I guess because, because, yeah, they're using the same network. So, uh, so this is kind of another interesting why they can do in person. And I believe they don't have network segmentation. And, and this is something that's really interesting because you need to segment different pieces of your network and, and separate them so one won't affect the other one. So let's say if they have, if you have the credit card machines, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, you put them in a different network so you can still process payments and it's not going to affect them. That's, that's probably what happened. They're sharing the same network, same, same, same segment. So well, well, this is... The other, issue, the other issue could be is that they're using same application, regardless to where you come from, whether you're online or whatever, it could be the same application. So on the back end, it's the same. So wherever you go, you, you just, you're screwed. So I guess they shut it down for precaution. Who knows? Yes. Okay. So uh, another point here to mention here that they, they will be able to detect it. They, they notice a suspicious activity. And this is exactly uh, what we see. We see a lot of companies that they have the game. They're ahead of the game. They saw it, which yes, they can stop it beforehand. Right, but but other companies still have the problem with the pool visibility, and like the the other guy that we spoke with him, if you remember, and they don't have enough visibility uh, to what's going on. So this is definitely an improvement to have the detection piece. But of course, you want to have a prevention. Uh, so you want it, need to detect it. So this is this is really interesting thing. And 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 then I had a discussion with somebody a little while ago. And when you made that comment, uh, they don't have a full, they don't have full view into their networks. A lot of times, that's by design. They 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 if they don't see it, they don't know about it. They don't want it sometimes. They don't want to know what's going on because then they have to do something and they have to spend the money. And a lot of times, a lot of these CIOs or CEOs rather spend money later than spend it now. Right. Okay. All right. So now we're going to move to our next subject, which is, uh, yes, Microsoft. 
will retire internet explorer next year i know some customers are still using uh the old internet explorer application and not using the internet explorer com compatibility function within the microsoft edge so this is going to retire on june 15th uh 2022 for certain versions of windows 10 ie will be replaced with microsoft edge which has an ie mode that is able to load legacy web pages requiring Internet Explorer. What do you say? It's about time. You should have done it a long time ago. <laughs> yes. They should have did it back in the, the, the Netware Navigator days. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they, they are trying to do their best. So we, we can say, good job, Microsoft. Finally, they do something right. Maybe better, better later than, than ever. Okay, but, but the underlying code is still there in IE, meaning the mic under the Microsoft Edge. Yes, under right, the Microsoft under Edge, Edge, they have that you know IE mode, but then that means a lot of the vulnerabilities are there. Am I mistaken? If you have a legacy, maybe mode, who knows? <coughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. It, it, it's not. It's not. It's not clear if those are still there or not i'm not clear if this is the case but who knows right. you know if they find vulnerabilities that that will be a sign that the the code is still there and still vulnerable okay and we are back to ransomware fbi uh conti flash alert uh conti ransomware group is targeting healthcare and first responder networks uh, in a flash alert, the FBI says that County Ransomware Group hit at least 16 U.S. healthcare and first responder networks within the last year. The alert provides technical details about the county ransomware, including ind indicators of compromise, IOCs, and recommends mitigations, including implementing network segmentation, what I said about the city of Oklahoma, right? Uh, and then uh, Tulsa, uh, Tulsa, right? What was that? Tulsa. Tulsa, yeah. Uh, yes. And um, oh, network segmentation and conducting regular that data backups that are kept offline. Okay. What do you say? Whoa. Somebody did the basics. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, it, it. This is we're just talking about the basics here. You know, it, it's funny because when you talk about that. Uh, that um, the gas company in them, and then the, the CEO goes, well, we had to pay. No, you didn't have to pay. If you did your job six months ago, you wouldn't have to pay, but go ahead. So um, what Tulsa did is, you know, they're warning people and giving you an example and heads up. Now, whether people listen to it, we'll see. You know, if any of these, you know, you know how many healthcare companies I know you've dealt with, I've dealt with, that have their head in the sand. Um, so oh yeah big time you know you know the fbi sending out these warnings uh the fbi sends out warnings every day you know what i mean they send out these warnings and these updates every day i think i got a ton of them in my emails i get a ton of cybersecurity warnings most people are just going to ignore them yes and, and this is again going with uh, to understand that everybody everyone is a target to a cyber attack is is a target to cyber criminals and uh, actually, what I want to want to add here that hospitals and schools, K twelve, for instance, they are very very vulnerable because they don't do even the basic hygiene of an IT management, and therefore just 
just simple thing that's to do patch management you know we're not talking about doing anything that it's really you know out of the ordinary of it management just install patches this is one right. point the second and the second point is password management right and then it goes with the other things that are basic backups so if you 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 think about it you have one set of backup which is typically locally and then if you hit by ransomware a typical now ransomware will now go for not only for the data but also the backups and will detect those backups and will encrypt the backups so now probably in this uh, uh the the gas company in florida that they suffered the cyber attack they didn't have enough backups so they didn't have full backups and that they had to do something that they had to pay in order to re, um, retrieve the data so definitely you need to have backups in different locations that are offline and online so you can do uh recovery quick recovery and again this is going with the rto and rpo so well, what's a, you wanted to add something else yeah um like going back to what we talked about with the apple vulnerabilities they put them out you, you got to give the company's credit you know we could argue and debate how long it takes for them to do it that's a separate argument but once they do it you you would be amazed how many people never update never do that like you just said these are the basics low end this is low hanging fruit yes if you're not patching you're just leaving the door open right exactly um, exactly and, and so that's the one thing and then you know like you said if people aren't just doing basic backup that go offline and that are disconnected from their network and they're not checking because there are ways to to you know their software and different services out there that will check your backups for um you know, in the backup state, it'll go through it and start checking to see if there's any ransomware, any vulnerabilities in it as you go along. So if somebody would, a lot of times, before you even know you've been hit, they may have been there for a couple of weeks. So then any backups you have may be compromised. But the thing is, is that's why there are services out there within backup services, different types of them that will continually look at your backups and make sure that they're clean and so when they discover something new they'll go check for it um and so when you restore quickly after one of these things have been taken over some type of ransomware um at least you have a peace of mind that you're most likely not reintroducing uh uh these ransomwares or vulnerabilities back into your network but it, it's simple it's a simple way of looking at things but people complicate it uh, I, I don't say to say complicated. Uh, I think in some instances that really they are not doing the what they're supposed to do, and instead of doing the basics, they are they don't want to touch things because they. And also think about it. So some of the systems are legacy systems, and if you patch them, you're gonna you're gonna break them the functionality. So if you can patch, you need to put some compensation mechanisms around those pieces of software or hardware or devices, if you will, that you can't update them, but you need to put around them some security controls and to compensate for those vulnerabilities that are inherited from those legacy systems and, and enable the security and not just leave it out there, you know, not doing anything about it. So, right. well, you know, like 
the like you said, some of the legacy systems I never understand them. Especially, I can understand you have three, four-year-old computers, but some of these big, you know, the the, the gas company and a few other ones, the bigger ones. There's really no excuse why they have legacy systems, other than the fact that they didn't want to spend the money. I I I don't think this is the case. It might be the case that it's more about that they are, you know, they don't want to spend the money because whatever reason it is. But I think sometimes it's more about uh, technical uh, limitations. So let's say if talking about gas companies, so you you have. You know, you need to connect all the sensors from the field, which is relates to IoT. You need to collect all the data from the sensors and move it to to connect it to a controller. And then the controller sends all the information, all the communication to from the manufacturing floor. This is how it's called. And then you move it back to the management systems and also to the internal systems. And now you need to put all those mechanisms that will allow to the information go in but also to control the system from, from outside. So you need to have segmentation and you need to have the ability to control those systems. So sometimes they're using older protocols, they're using older systems that you can't update them or they are not uh, under support anymore. So this is kind of the things that may prevent from them you know, upgrade, up, upgrading to uh, uh, from legacy system to a new system. That's my understanding of the of the issues right and one but see here's here's the here's the answer to that and, I, and this is where i say um even with old legacy systems we did it before i did it before with, when i worked with johnson and johnson and there were other companies when you have an old legacy system that's dealing with something on the factory that has all of these like you say controllers and monitors and you don't know what's going to happen if you upgrade then a lot of times we virtualized it we took the whole server and we virtualized it, put it on new equipment, and then it's still to to that equipment. It still it still thinks it's on old equipment. So then that you know, and then you obviously had to do some other connections, usually you know some RS connection or other ways to get that the 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 information in and out of that virtual. But there are ways to do it, um, and that just surprises me that I don't see more of that. That's all I'm saying. Okay, hopefully somebody is listening to this uh, our words and message, and maybe somebody will do something with that. Okay, it's and money. let's all about money. Uh, yeah, money and time, and then also yeah, that also. <laughs> okay, so let's move to WordPress. Available for WordPress statistics vulnerabilities. So this is interesting. A SQL injection uh, vulnerability in the WordPress statistics WordPress plugin could be exploited to access database information without the need for logging in. Are you listening? You don't need to log in. Just SQL injection. Okay. The plugin is installed on six hundred thousand WordPress sites. The issue was disclosed to the plugin developer on March 13, 2021, and an updated version was released on March 25th. Okay. I mean, they That's took them responsive. a few days. Yeah, it, it's pretty responsive, but the other issue, would WordPress owners go and update? By the way, WordPress had another update to the core uh, WordPress uh, uh, installation. 
And you know, with WordPress now you can install updates automatically, so you don't need to do anything. You just set the WordPress to install the plugins, but also the WordPress installation and everything will be updated automatically. So you don't need to do anything. Once there is available uh, update for the plugin, it will be updated autom automatically. So you don't need to do really that much. So you have some automation here. I just want to add another cautious point here that in some cases, when you do that, uh, the WordPress or the plugin would uh, stop functioning properly. It can happen, but it's better maybe that the site will be down because of some issue with functionality rather being uh, attacked or uh, vulnerable to some kind of a, a cyber attack. That, that's that's my, it's better to be on, the, on, on that end rather than being exposed and if you know what I mean. Right, it's easy to have a, a outage that it is to have to explain to people that you got hacked. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There, there, that's exactly right. So I'm trying to find on my papers the uh, the next thing, uh, and I think we cover that. And we have one second. Let me get the other pieces. Okay, uh, and we go to. So you have a huge stack of papers here. And let's see. So let's. Okay. And what I'm showing you. Oh, this one. Oh, see? Google. Yeah. Do you know uh, the Google company? Oh, I have, I have an interesting information about Google. I learned about it yesterday. Never heard so, of it. No, yes, me too. <laughs> so Google is encouraging users to adapt to FA. I think we did it many times on our uh, cybersecurity. Yeah, I managed by myself to get there separately. We keep talking about 2FA. And is anyone listening? I don't think anyone's listening. And, and the funny thing is, is most people, it's, it's just annoying. Like the other day I was saying it. I was like, look, I hate multi-factor authentication. It's a reality. We all hate it. It gets in the way. You're trying to do something. Now, you, where's your phone at? Oh, let me go to my phone. I got to go find out. That time you don't even know where your phone's at. You know, so. Or you what happened if you look? What, what happened if your phone is just dying, died, just died? Right. It's not functioning. So then you then what? Right. So then you got to You screwed up because you get, you get text messages as uh, another form of authentication. All you do with an app or a few apps like right. me, I'm using Google Authenticator and Microsoft Authenticator, and then you have another authenticator from another company. So all the authentication is done on, on your piece of hardware with this phone. And if this is so then what? We need another backup for the phone, you know? Exactly. So there 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 is like I said, that that is a situation where, you know, a lot of us hate it. It's a love hate relationship. We know we require it. You know, it's like we know we have to do it, but we hate it. And if someone can, I know there's a couple of new products out there that are like going passwordless or you don't need multi-factor. If those things work well, that would be great. Nobody, everybody hates this part of it, but we have to do it. Sometimes as adults, we have to do things we don't want to do. <laughs> yes, yes, and and this is also connected to my kids when they 
they want to do something that, that I don't think they should do. So you see, you see it. Yes. So this is interesting. Uh, well, I, I don't think that there's really nothing uh, more to say about it. Yeah, just go and enable it. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Why are you waiting to oh enable God, it? Just do this. Pinch your nose. You don't like it. Swallow oh. medicine. Turn it on. Uh, another point to mention here. This is something interesting. They well, eventually Google uh, plans to automatically automatically enroll users into two-step verification if their accounts are configured to allow it. So if it's if you allow it on your settings on your Google account, it will automatically force you to use two FA. Otherwise, it's going to be the same thing with username and password. So this is just a. Uh, Another another piece to mention, and then uh, we have the next thing is mail servers. Okay, fixes are available for EXM mail server vulnerabilities. Researchers at Qualys detected twenty one security flaws in the EXM mail server. Some of the flaws could be chained together to obtain full remote unauthenticated code execution and gain root privileges okay and this is actually goes back to releases from 2004 and if people don't understand what we're talking about it's mail server that runs typically on linux systems mm -hmm. so it's an open source emails that people have, yes. a lot of people have these but they're like once again they're not patching them and that's one of the biggest issues yeah, the, the, also interesting to mention that the proof of concept code was released at, at the same time. So if you understand what I'm saying, or if you don't, so I'll say it clearly. If there is a POC proof of concept, you go right away and patch your systems as soon as possible. That's that's my, my take on it. Yeah, and then here's the thing. This thing talks about them being able to chain different vulnerabilities together and having root access. Well, you assume that this thing doesn't, the people don't have direct access to your server and there's multiple layers between them and the internet. There's a whole bunch of other things that have to happen for this vulnerability to be exploited. Uh, however, there are people out there that are leaving their networks open. So that's, you know, it can happen. Think people think it can't. People are leaving, you know, re different remote, you know, tools on their machines open. They're leaving it with bad passwords. So it is a possibility, you know, even though I joke and go, how can they get in? Well, people are letting them in. Yes. <laughs> and they, in the easy way. Right. So, they let them in. They, yes. hey, come, come steal my stuff. Oh, yes. The, the door is open. Just, you know, take a seat. If you want, I can serve you a beer, maybe, or a coffee. Depends what you like. <laughs> and en enjoy, enjoy their time while you can. Right. They give you a comfortable chair so you can hack into their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, you give them. No, you give them. As the owner, the data owner, you give them those extra services. Right. Like I said, you give them a comfortable chair. You go, you want a donut. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to mention something again about uh, Google. Uh, yesterday, I saw an interesting event. I got an email from a customer. I said, listen, this is what I'm getting. And he gets uh, those emails, uh, spam emails, uh, talking about uh, Viagra and you know other stuff for men. I won't continue to mention other things. And 
but listen how those emails are coming they're not coming from a standard from 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 somebody somewhere else it's coming from google forms have you heard about google forms yes i heard about the you know so my, my, my opinion, they're exploiting it yeah yes. exactly they they so that was really new for me i said wow they are now using google so if you think about it google is already known to everybody to the mail systems it's not considered to be a spam it's not going to be on the blacklist are you gonna uh, blacklist google who heard about it right so now you ought you prepare a form and you build an automation about around that form and now you bring your email list that you have and you keep feeding that form with that email and you keep sending the emails so i said oh this is interesting i said to my customer listen this is interesting let me let me inv investigate and said you know and then you have at the bottom of the form you can uh report an abuse so until google will investigate will think how to prevent i said you know what let me put the this the sender email at least and blacklist it and increase the spam spam filtering uh a control to make it more uh, uh make it stricter and you know since yesterday i didn't hear any complaints so hopefully that was uh was resolved uh so that's it this is just to give you an update about an insider threat out there i mean it's just spam but who knows they can maybe they will do something else with it okay anything that you want to talk about it i mean i have other other stuff that uh, uh, i plan to talk about but i think we're gonna need to save it for later um, <laughs> they're not really uh, well my biggest thing is, like i said uh, lately i've just been upset with these managers and these ceos and like that's been my biggest thing. It's like they get on there and then they get indignant because people are saying, "Well, why'd you pay? Why'd you pay for the ransomware? All you're doing is promoting this. You're making it worse because they just keep yeah. doing it." And but my uh, thing is, is that they they get indignant and they get mad. But the problem is, it's their fault from the get go. They this is it's their fault. Had they, if they would have paid the money for their IT and did what they you know when i know you say well this, they don't have the they don't have the 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 technology they're not up to date well they got enough money to spend 12 million dollars to send to a hacker <laughs> so they're not broke no they are not they are too cheap to spend the money from the beginning exactly. they, they, that's that that's all they say oh what are the chances is going to happen why and you hear this question I'm a small company. Why people will come after me? I have nothing to, or I have nothing to hide. Who is interested in my data? I have nothing to hide. I don't need the. Okay. Well, Yo, the narrative is, is is that they're 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 underfunded and 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 but I'm like they're underfunded because they don't want to spend the money. Yeah. See, even even when it comes to IPA compliance, I remember uh, a a case of an incident response and they they suffered a, a data breach and i came to them and said okay this is the plan how to to fix it and by the way i mentioned it in in my book uh and i said okay you know you need to uh, uh fix those things and this is the cost that it will 
the source don't decide to fix it. You know, for every uh, uh, a every um, a, a how how would this called uh, every violation, you pay you pay one million dollar, right? About. So he said, "Well, there is another option." I said, "What is that option?" I said, "We'll uh, uh, close, shut down the business." Okay, that's up to you. Okay, well, and later on, they, they, they sold the company. They did something, but they, this is this is really interesting. Uh, I had another, another, another. Uh, uh, so I had a customer, a lead came to us, and he said, "Okay, we are ready to move on." And then I said, "Okay, you need to have this." Uh, uh, the firewall, and then that's well, why I needed this firewall, and this is going to be a problem with with the internet, a speed, and then I said, you know, you need to sign up because we need to finalize the contract, and and then I read this text. I said, you know, if you're not going to do something very soon, you'll be out of business. So this is your choice: you want to be in business or you you want to be out of business. That's my you know, I think this is the bottom line of everything that we talked about here. Uh, you know, when some of these customers and these uh, businesses, they start arguing about little things like that. Um, it, it just like looks, it, it, they, they don't have the mindset to understand. And I think that's the, that's is why I think there should be some type of minimum standard across the board. There are companies out there that have no, they spend no money on infrastructure. And then they cry poverty, yet they, you know, the, the CEO makes thirty million dollars a year. It's like, okay. Well, I'm not. I, well, you're talking about. Uh, look, it, it depends the the message, and I think the message, even to big CEOs, to small CEOs, to small business owners, whatever the message is, they don't want to spend the money, regardless of the size. And regardless, regardless of the size, you are still vulnerable, and cyber criminals is still after you regardless of your size so right and i think those companies that can affect the public at large should be held accountable i think when you're dealing with look at every time there's a breach at netflix you know hundreds of millions of people's information gets gets exposed when you know you think of medical you know healthcare you know some of these you know uh, medical plans or you know, or HMOs, things like that. They get breached. Now everybody's information's out there. There should be some type of accountability for that, um, to, you know, to the people in a sense. Look, if Joe Schmo down the block who owns an accounting company gets breached, his customers get breached, that's one thing. It's a small amount. But when it's a large, a larger public, the public at large, I think there should be a threshold between those small businesses and the accountability of the old, the bigger businesses. Uh, I think in in some way it's happening, and you're talking more about uh, a, a compliance. If you look at the New York State the Department of Financial Services, mm -hmm. they try and they're still trying to bring all those small business owners that they are insurance brokers or they are mortgage brokers or they are money transmitter or like a check cashing businesses. They're trying to enforce those standards on them. And those guys are not exactly, bro, they don't want to follow it. Some, some do and some don't. 
and this is going to happen you know in in any in any industry in any vertical so i'm not expecting that things will change unless you come with a different incentive and this is an idea that i had before and i don't know if i mentioned it how about you give tax credits right for businesses that are spending that type of money. Spending that money and have maybe a threshold. Okay, if you spend twenty thousand dollars, we'll give you five thousand dollars in, in tax credits. If you pay fifty or whatever, and you need to show the documentation, you need to have somebody right. a third party that will come and verify all, all everything and submit his certification to the uh to the IRS, for instance, or you know, any kind of uh, a, a federal or state uh, a, right, so and now I'm in the, a, a documentation for it in case you're audited. Yes. Yes, uh, and you yes that you've been audited. Yes, and they spend the money. They need to show the invoices. You know, you need to show proof that you did something, and and the money was really taken from the bank account, and you show them all of those proof. Maybe that will will make them uh, push them to to make uh, those investments, or for how they look at it, they look at it as, as an expense. But we look at it as an investment, not to spend. So let's say now you spend a thousand dollars per month, just for an in instance. However, a ransom attack could cost you fifty thousand dollars. So the question is, would you rather spend fifty thousand dollars plus ten thousand dollars or twelve thousand dollars per year, or what? What? what what's? What? What? What are your choices uh, here? So this is kind of a to look at the alternatives and 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 select the the right answer from those. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there are multiple things. I think you know when it comes with the government, there has to be some type of accountability with some type of law, or like you say, look, you have to follow a set standard, or you. You know, whatever the industry, because I know different industries require it. Obviously, you know, healthcare requires some type of compliance. There are other industries that work with the government require compliance. So if the government says, look, you have to have some compliance in these type of industries, you know, financing, whether you're a small accountant or big accountant, there are things that are comparable versus, you know, big accounting firm versus a small one. But they still have to have some type of compliance and it's documented. You know, and, and somebody has to audit that, an independent audit that says, okay, yes, you cleared, you're good, so that if there's never any type of issue, they can show the document. And if they can't produce the document, they get fined. Right. And then after you did it and you showed that you did it and a breach happened. Right. So listen, I did here. I spent the money. I gave you. He did his due diligence. That's it. It's done. So it happened, it happened, and things happen. It's not like you're living in a, in a perfect world. Well, the only thing you say is, once again, I think the insurance company is ahead of everyone lately because they're requiring a lot of the cybersecurity insurance in certain industries. And I think once... <laughs> you hear the train, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't miss the noise. <laughs> yeah, the office, the office is right under this train. I know. Don't miss the noise. I used to live next to a train and when I lived in Staten Island. I lived on a major street, and there was a train there, too. So it sounded like, you know, the background was like on a TV show. You hear the cops, woo, 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 woo. You hear everything. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully we, we're going to move the office to a place where we'll hear some birds in the background and not this, this noise. You know, coming, 
coming here to Jersey was the best because it's dead silent where I live at. Right, um, you're in New Jersey, right? Yes. Right. So, so a lot of the 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 companies don't want to do anything. So, like I'm saying, the insurance companies are forcing their hands. They're forcing people to get cybersecurity. And slowly enough, and I know I spoke with different people in the insurance agency, uh, insurance companies is that they're they are you know if you want that level of protection then you have to start complying with certain rules and they're doing it with small businesses and they're doing it with major companies, major corporations. And, and slowly but surely they're rolling out that, you know, if you want to be covered and you don't, you, you know, in case of, you know, some ransomware comes and you get hit with a $5 million bill, we'll cover you, but we, we're going to demand a bunch of things from you. And I think they're ahead of that already. Um, and hopefully they can make a big difference. All right. And I just want to mention that I will have, uh, I'll bring another person to our podcast that he is actually an insurance broker and we'll let him talk about uh, his side of the business. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I'm expecting to have it uh, in June. That he that he will uh, show up, and uh, that's it. So, uh, anything else before we done? Um, no, like we said, do the basics, uh, and, and just uh, it just say you know start with the you know the the low hanging fruit. And I think if you don't know where to start as a small business, you're a, you know one or two person company. I think the easiest thing to do is to just start with one thing and then start building on that. Make sure you have a firewall, make sure you're patched, things like that. Just do the basics. Once you get to there, then you can start doing more advanced things. But just start doing something today. Right, right, exactly. And and this is a key point. Once you finish listening to this uh, our podcast, take one thing. doesn't matter what it is. And I think maybe if you want to get the best return of your, uh, the investment of your time, start with patch management. That probably will reduce the risk by a lot. So just do one thing. If you get out from this podcast and, you, and you're listening to us, we say just, just patch. Start with patching. So uh, with that, we're going to conclude our podcast today. This is the Cybersecurity Insider, Igal Behar, uh, episode 19, with Seth, Seth Melendez, right? I was I said right? Melendez. 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 Okay. <laughs> Melendez. Working okay. solutions. Yes. So I'll, we'll see you next time. Uh, hopefully, maybe, maybe later today or maybe Friday or maybe next week we'll have another recording. Uh, we have more stuff to talk about, as always, and we'll bring the insurance uh, uh, person uh, with us in the same podcast, and we'll talk insurance more, uh, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, so thank you very much for watching. Uh, take care. We're going to end the uh, broadcast now. Thank you, Seth. Right. See you later. Take See care. Bye-bye.